Welcome back to the Drone Day Recovery Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Kevin. On this week's bloopers. Mike actually loses his dog, tries to find it with a thermal drone. Like real life. Actually loses his French bulldog. Freaking out. Yep. We talk about agricultural drones again because we're passionate about ag drones. Talk about pet recovery and we talk about a video about the T40 you're going to see on our channel probably tomorrow that you've never seen before on YouTube. Stick around. Are you serious? Like, that seems crazy because it, it feels like last week we just got started and we're 16 episodes in. We've missed a couple episodes as we were, you know, getting gone, but we're doing pretty good. 16 episodes. And it's really amazing to hear how many people uh, actually say they listen to podcasts. Yeah, you know, we yeah. just got back from the Harrisburg Sportsman Show. Good oh show. Oh my God. Crazy show. Insane. Yeah. Like, I think they say between 175,000 to 200,000 people go through that show. Yeah, yeah. I experience it. And I, even during midweek, people walking all the time past the booth. Oh, yeah. Steady See, I thought midweek would be slow week, but it almost felt like midweek was almost as busy as the weekends because I think what happens is so many people are like, it's going to be busy on the weekend. Let's go midweek. Yeah. And uh, Wednesday, Thursday comes around. There's people everywhere. I'm like, what is so, Mike, going on? You were on? there from the first day, the whole show to the end. Yeah, I was there for eight days. I was not there for nine days. It's a nine day show. So on Sunday, I went back home. My sister was getting baptized and they wanted me to be there. So I was like, okay, yep. Well, uh, you know, Austin and Jason were the only ones there. Thanks to Austin and Jason to packing up the booth. I mean, holy smokes, took you four hours, didn't it, Austin, to take that thing down? Yeah, yeah. It's just. A process oh, two people tearing that thing down. You had a T40 on yeah. top of the drum or on top of the booth. Like and that booth, it looks huge. Like when we set it up here in our shop, in the context of all of the booths, like the hundreds of vendors, it just all melts together and it doesn't look that big. It makes me think, Mike, we got to go bigger. Oh, geez. <laughs> That's like when we were at Shot Show. You know, you see these booths yeah. just massively yeah. huge and it becomes that thing. It's like, you know, for you to stick out, you got to go bigger, yeah. bigger, bigger. Yeah. I don't think we have to do that. Our thing is so unique that it just, it makes people interested. And for sure with, you know, the agricultural side, you see these big 12 foot drones, people stop and look and they're like, oh my gosh, that technology is so yeah. cool. Yeah. Anyhow, we're but talking a lot about the expos. If you guys are listening to this right now, we are in Shipshawana, Indiana at the Michiana Event Center. Uh, if this goes live when it's supposed to, which should be on Friday noon, we would still be there at the show. And it goes from Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So if you guys are listening and you're in the Indiana area, Michigan area, come down, see us. Saturday, I got to do a seminar. This is this is exciting to me. This is the first one that you're going to do kind of like a seminar at an, an expo or event like this. Yeah, I should probably know what I'm going to be talking about. I don't really know what I mean, I'm it's a little bit about. like, I mean, that's not surprising to me, Mike, because when we sit down to film this podcast, I said, hey, Mike, what are the topics? And you said, just hit record. Dude, and like, here's the deal. Like, people want real. Like, they just want real, authentic, and I think that's why so many people tune in to listen or to watch us, is like, we're being as real as we can. I had this interview on the Outdoor Life. Did you read that one? Yeah. Oh my gosh, what a good write-up. Make sure to go to Outdoor Life and check out that blog, but like... He was asking me some of my stuff, like what I'm showing about, you know, should you show all this? And we've talked about it on other podcasts, like Working Class Bowhunter podcasts and stuff. But it's like, yes, 
I feel like we should because you and I have talked about being real and this is, you know, who we are. And that's why the people are tuning in is because they're listening to Mike and Kevin at Drone Deer Recovery. Just be real. Like this is who we are. And so Mike, what what do you say? Because you kind of mentioned I had an email I saw yesterday of a guy said, you guys are showing way too much. Oh, you had an email? The PETA guys. Oh, no. They're going to use this to kind of shut down hunting, especially bow because there's, you know, now, way I, more wounded animals than what people previously thought. They're not going to shut us down because of this. What if this makes wounding animals better, right? Like me, meaning not like go wound an animal, but that there won't be as many wounded yeah, animals yeah. if we can use the data that we have now uh, on shot placements and to think about, you know, if I try to shoot through this little hole, I might get this arrow whip and throw my arrow off because we're showing those. Like this, this is what's happening. Maybe... Maybe it'll make us all better hunters. That's what I'm saying. So just to yeah. say that Pete is going to grab this content and use it to shut us down, I just don't see that happening. I, th- I think it was shut down hunting in general, not just us. But yeah, no, I, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. I agree. When, when I say us, uh, shut us down, I'm a hunter, hunter myself. Gotcha. So yeah. like they're going to shut us down, me yeah. as a hunter. I just don't think that that's going to be a thing. Yeah. It does seem, though, that like when you see these videos of these bucks that are wounded and it, it just... If I did a lot of hunting, I mean, it would just reinforce, you just got to take shots that you're super confident in. Yeah, but then then I even tell people, like, there, there's this one guy that came up to me at the show, and if you're listening to it, like, I, I don't want to put you down, but he's like, uh, if you can't track your animal, you shouldn't have it. I'm like, what are you talking about? If you can't track your animal, you shouldn't have it. He's like, if you're a good tracker, you will find that animal 100%. I was like, wait one second here. What if that thing walks over to a river and then gets in the river and swims down the river and then say like 300 yards down the river, it, it, you know, it comes back out. He's like, you go to the river, he went left or right. I'm like, what? This makes no sense. So to say that you got to be just a really good tracker, you're going to find all your animals. Not true. Not true. Yeah. Technology helps us in ways that we never thought that it would. Yep. It, you know, we go, we often bring up the cell phone. So was he saying you should use a dog or not use a dog? No, if you're a good tracker, nope, you don't even use a dog. No, nope, you don't use a dog. Yeah. If you're a good tracker, you're going to find your deer no matter what. Hmm. Just had the winner of the drone deer recovery kit giveaway. If you guys uh, were following along, we basically gave a whole drone deer recovery kit away to a lucky winner. And this lucky winner is from North Carolina. He's on the way up here. I texted him this morning. I was like, uh, good morning, checking in to see if you're on schedule to arrive at uh, noon. He states, Mike, I would miss my third wedding before I cancel on you. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay, guy. Uh, Seems I, like he's on the way. <laughs> yeah, he's excited. Yeah, so yeah. I think this winner, I don't know for sure, but I feel like this winner is exactly what we were hoping for, is somebody that maybe couldn't afford a drone or just like really, really wanted a drone and is going to use it to do deer yeah. recovery. Somebody who's passionate about doing yeah, it. Yeah, right? yeah. And I think he is doing deer recovery with... Yeah another guy's yeah. drone so yeah. we might do a podcast with him later i don't know it just depends yeah that'd be know. awesome no yeah so it was totally random i mean you know we were like picking a name you know yeah. we had no yeah. idea who it was but yeah. yeah we were hoping that it's the kind of person that would actually use this passionate about it yeah. and man the best thing ever would be if it actually was the start of a a brand new business brand new business and even a brand new career yeah like because i, I keep telling people when you do a thermal drone and you go out there and you make money and you see how it works and you kind of fall in love with, you know, flying drones and getting paid. 
it opens up the doors to so many other industries, so many other things. Oh, yeah. And what we're doing, you know, we're, we started out in thermal. Now we're doing ag. Agricultural. Agricultural. Yep. Oh, it, oh, and we just can't tell them about the other thing yet, about mapping. Oh. <laughs> there's, there's other doors that open up, right? Yeah, and yeah. thermal and, is an entry, and it kind of like, it opens up the world. And for some guys who want to transition into a full-time drone career, it's like they'll end up making way more money and, you know, full year, like all year round. With agriculture. With agriculture. Yeah, because yeah. what, what I've been telling guys at the show is like they look at a the thermal drone and they're like, you know, I'd like to do this full time. Full time work for a thermal drone is very, very difficult. I mean, there's guys right now. I had a guy call me yesterday. And he's like, Mike, I'm busy. I'm slammed with uh, pet recovery stuff uh, lately. But he had some questions about doing herd analysis. So you can do thermal drone related stuff for a while, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be full time, 100% at the time, unless you get really into the, um, because we talk about like doing thermal roof mm -hmm. inspections and mm -hmm. thermal power line, yeah, solar, well, solar. Yep. Yeah. You can do that. Had a couple guys at the show yeah. talk about power line inspections. Yeah. Like it, had, yeah. no, had no idea. It seems like. Like I heard one guy at the show say states are more and more upping their the requirements. And so all these companies have to go yep. out and they have to get the same power line inspected. Was it every six months? I think in California. Yeah. California is one of the biggest states right now pushing for uh, power line inspections because of the forest fires and yeah, stuff. Like yeah. if I, the one guy walked up to us and he's like, yeah, the power company in California, probably not everybody, right? There's multiple different companies uh, that produce power in California, but he was like, when they get uh, winds up to 30 mile an hour, they shut their power off because <laughs> yeah. they don't want to risk yeah. it you I know, mean, fa falling down. Those are a huge deal out there. Yeah. You know, fires, like thousands. Like I have cousins out there who like have had to leave their houses because it's like you see the smoke and it's coming and it's like yeah. they evacuate everyone. It's a big deal. It happens yeah. every year. Yep. Yep. And so what they're inspecting is the insulators that hang off the, the power pole. Yep. Uh, that insulator, they inspect that with thermal and they also use a zoom camera to check for cracks. Mm -hmm. He said, basically, if it cracks, it starts arcing and the insulator would become hot. And then that would show them that they're, you know, that there's a weak point. Yeah. So yeah. had no clue. He yeah. said, this one guy, he was like, yeah, we used to get in a helicopter and lean out the helicopter with a thermal and trying to inspect these yeah. things. So I do wow. believe there's there's more industries that drones will be used for than we're thinking about already. Yeah. Yep. Let us know yeah. if, you've, if you've already seen them on well, the power lines. And Mike, just thinking of the savings for the electric company to hire a guy with a drone instead of a guy with a helicopter and another guy with a thermal scope yep. out the side of yep. it. Yep. I mean... It would seem to me you can make some good money flying a drone and the electric company is still going to save yeah. a thousand percent. Yeah. Uh, had another guy walk past. He was in the oil and gas and he's like, would this work to do um, gas line inspections for leaks? And I, I assume it's, it's FLIR technology that it would, you know, pick it up and had that guy from Minnesota tell me that that's what he does. He's flying the M300 series. So the, the next step up and using thermal to inspect gas lines for, for leaks. So we're just saying these things so they're on the record. So in five, 10 years, we're going to be like, you remember when Kevin and Mike were talking about this this thing and then everybody's doing it. So, yeah. Yeah, let's, that, let's talk about more. Like what were other interesting conversations you had at the show? Like maybe some unexpected conversations uh, or other had, interesting. Had a uh, PA game commissioner walk up. He took his uh, name tag and flipped it around so I didn't know who he was. 
and started talking to him and 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 i could tell that he was like he, he likes the technology and so i was just like bluntly are you a commissioner and he was like i am and so i was like basically telling him about the technology what can drone deer recovery do to make uh their decision easier and faster right everybody wants things fast but i can tell you right now folks do not hold your breath you probably will turn blue and be dead because they do things so slowly yep. in pennsylvania yep. that it's just shocking that, that's something we heard again and again and again from different people who yeah. were kind of frustrated with the yep. speed yeah and and so that's basically what he told me he was like mike um we are talking about it so the commissioners are already talking about the technology but there's no way for us to initiate them to do a vote or anything like that it's just i guess it's in their hands and so i was like well surely there's something we could do here and he's like the only thing he really knows is have people email the game commission general box we should try to find the email for that but he he said just send uh your concerns or your questions or your comments to the game commission general box if we could do that and get like 15,000 emails, how cool would that be? People telling them that we want to use this. I don't know. That's what he said. So, so, so how was the commissioner saying that a vote or a decision is initiated? Then? He never said. He just Th said they don't have the power to initiate a decision, like to bring it to a decision. Not, not like they don't have the power to do that. No, I think they do. I, I just think they don't. Like that's what's so confusing about it. Like mm. the only other way is legislatively. Like mm -hmm. when a bill is put in and then it forces them to do something about it, mm -hmm. but that could go years. And so it just, I don't know. I, I don't know how this whole thing works. I just know that he said it's going to be slow. They're talking about it. Some commissioners are for it. Others are against it. And so you just have this thing about, Hey, we see the technology, but yeah. we're not really making a quick decision. Okay. Well, so, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. What what else? What are other interesting conversations? Well, you better keep talking. I'm going to drink some bubbler. I think of the guy who uh, had a 600-acre uh, farm. In, orchard. Orchard in Florida, yeah. right? No, no. Uh, this guy's in, uh, in Pennsylvania. He has a 600-acre uh, apple orchard, and he was really talking to us about using drones to spray his apple orchard. Currently, he uses nine tractors, all over $100,000, and I think if he gets the system set up properly, that one trailer rig from Drone Deer Recovery or New Way Ag could replace eight of those yeah. tractors. So that was really cool. And he has to spray those multiple times a year, right? Yes, An yeah. orchard, yep. it's like a lot of spraying happens. Yep. Yeah, I'm not a orchard grower myself or a fruit grower, but uh, yeah, it sounds yeah. like he has to spray them But even just think of like replacing, I mean, if he has eight tractors, that means that there's eight people driving those tractors right correct because it wouldn't make sense if yeah i mean that's the only way it makes sense to yeah have eight of them yeah so to think of doing that with only two pilots yeah with two drones that's kind of i mean just in the savings of payroll alone it's kind of mind-boggling yep yep plus uh just your expense of keeping the tractors yeah, yeah. so the I, other the other guy uh was in florida had 600 acres of swamp something invasive yeah. species yep. were coming in and he was saying spraying those with a side-by-side -side or four-wheeler or even an, an airboat yeah is the best way but it it takes forever. Like yeah. he said, it would have been like a week to spray 600 acres. Yeah. So we're talking about agriculture a lot on this podcast. It's because I, we're passionate about it. And I think that's where people are going to get into and make life changing money. Jason is, you know, our business partner. He's been researching drone spraying. 
Asian countries have been so far ahead of us in the drone spraying world that it's not even funny. He said in China last year, how many acres do you think we were sprayed with drones? Oh, man. If you were just a guess, like just throw a number out there. Can you tell me how many acres there are total in China? No, <laughs> no. But if if you were to guess, we did eleven thousand acres in twenty four days in Indiana. They have been. I mean, they're they're five hundred thousand. So, five hundred thousand acres. A hundred and eighty million some acres were sprayed Holy with drones God. in China. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it can be done. People uh, think. People think no, no, drones can't do these big fields. No, drones can do big fields. Yeah. You just put more drones in a big field. Like it totally can do it. A hundred and think about how much safer. eighty million. Hundred and eighty million acres. Like <laughs> somebody fact check me because this is what uh, Jay was telling me yesterday. I'm like, what? Man. Like, wow. No, but okay. it can be done because yeah. they have so many. Yeah. Uh, he he even had uh, the data of how many drones have been sold in China. And it's like hundreds of thousands. Here in America, we're struggling to sell 10,000 ag yeah, drones. Like, year, yeah. it, it, and the reason for that is regulations. Mm-hmm. Like, so I wonder if those 180 million acres, were they sprayed with the T-40? Or do you think by and large they're well, being sprayed with like the T-50, T-60, the bigger I, drones? I, th- I think it's it was um, probably multiple different types of drones, different sizes of drones. I don't know for sure. I, ju- I just know. Wow. I just know that there's a market for it, our FAA is slowing it down. And it doesn't make sense to me because it is safer. Like, Mm -hmm. it totally is safer than having helicopters or airplanes uh, fly these fields. There's almost every year, I forget what the percentage is, but how many guys crash in that Mm -hmm. industry because there's things that are unknown. You're flying super close to trees, power lines, roads, houses, that type of thing. And putting drones out there in these fields just makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So if you're worried about thousands of acres, like how can one drone spray that? It's not how many one can do. It's how many can multiple drones do. What is that saying when it says uh, many hands make light work mm-hmm. or something yep. like that? Yep. Many drones make light work. Like yeah. just put more drones out yep. there. That's what I'm saying. Instead <laughs> of having one airplane do 2,000 acres, have maybe, I don't know, five, six drones do 2,000 yeah. acres. Yep. That's what I'm thinking. But, I like it. Okay, let's move on from that. Because some people that are listening okay, to this, yeah, like, they, they want to what's, what's yeah. listen to drone deer recovery right. type stuff. Our season is over here in Ohio. It, uh, it closed two weekends ago. The last recovery that I personally went on was in a snowstorm. For uh, Kata McGuire, if you guys know him, if you check him out on TikTok, but uh, he had hit a buck and couldn't find it because of the blowing snow, and his track basically just, he wasn't able to find it because of the snow, went out there and was able to successfully locate the buck. The buck was not dead. So if you want to see that video, check that out uh, on our YouTube channel. That's the last one that I did. I don't know if any of our other guys uh, here in our office did any recoveries are you aware of? I don't know. No, Did, not aware. Austin, when was your last recovery? Do you know? Good question. Outside of dogs and pets. Yeah. I feel like it was two weeks before the season oh, closed. Okay. So a little little yeah. while. Yeah, a little while. Oh, that that being said, drone pet recovery. I was literally doing drone pet recovery on my own dogs on <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. Yep. We have these two French bulldogs. Yeah. 
walked out back in the woods. We don't do this a lot, but when we talked to the dogs, we're like, do you want to go on a walk? And it gets them all fired up. Yep. Didn't put leashes on him. I was like, usually they don't do anything. They just walk in front of us a little bit. We walk out back on the back side of the farm here in the timber because they're going to do a, a reclaiming project back there and we want to check it out. And me and Karen are talking there and I'm like, where are the dogs at? And all of a sudden, like, we started scrambling. I, like, ran around in the timber and I was, like, yelling for them. Can't find these dogs anywhere. Nowhere. I tell Karen, I got to go get the drone here. I left some of my batteries at the show because Jason was packing up yep. uh, with my charger and stuff. So I just left it there. I had one pack of batteries. My controller was almost dead when I got back to my house and I pull this thing out. I start flying because I, you know, they were only gone for like 45 minutes. And I was like, if I don't find them in the first hour, this is where pet recovery gets so hard. It's like, there's so many variables and, and, and it just shows. So I get the drone out and I fly it out back and I, and I start telling Karen, like I'm covering 40 acres, just like that snap of a finger, 40 acres. Can't find them. I'm, I tell Karen they're gone. Like, listen to me. I know that these dogs are gone because I cannot find them. I'm finding squirrels and you know, the normal stuff. I get in the car, I start driving around, go on the other side of the timber, which is a road probably from where we were almost a three quarter mile to the the next road, get over there, knock on the door of a neighbor. And I'm like, Hey, uh, we were on a walk. Dogs ran off. She's like, there was just a lady here said she picked up a a pug because a French bulldog kind of looks like a pug. What? I'm, I'm like, what this, this just happened 30 minutes ago. Like they ran away. And somebody had already picked them up, like had picked up one of them. So how far away do you think they were picked up from where they had, like how far did they go in that 30 minutes or whatever? Uh, and these are just little short stubby legs. Like yeah, it, th- yeah. this is uh, but they tra- traveled like what? Half a mile. I'll measure that up. But, um, it was like, I can't believe how quickly these little dogs yeah. got that far. Yep. And so why I'm saying this is because like when somebody calls us to do a pet recovery, like, and we want to do pet recovery. So we, w- we want to help you try and find your pets, but it's like they can go so far so quickly that it's crazy. So I'm going to measure this, uh, how far they would have gone. And, and this is just going to be approximate of how far they would have gone. Oh, so it's not that far actually. 677 yards is how far they would have made it to the road if they would have went in a straight, straight line. line. You know, maybe they yeah. went left or right or whatever, but that... Yeah, well, how lucky are you that somebody like that uh, picked up the dog? Anyhow, okay, yep, so somebody picked up the dog, and uh, that lady was like, oh, I sent him up to the neighbor, go up there. I quickly go up to that neighbor, and uh, he was milking his cows, and I was like, hey, was somebody here with a little blue car? That's, that's all I got, it was a little blue car. And he was like, yeah, they had a little pug, and I was like, "No, that's a French bulldog." Like, <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I didn't get their phone number, but I got their license plate." And I was like, "Okay, call the Holmes County Sheriff's Department." And I was like, "Hey, can you run this plate? I want to see if I can." <laughs> wow, plate number's wrong. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Good detective work." Yeah, I mean, he, that guy was on it. Your neighbor. Yeah, yeah. But what was so cool about this is the people that picked up the French bulldog. Yeah, like they were looking for the owners of it. They weren't just capturing it and keeping it their own because they could have very well done that. It's like a $3,000 dog and they could have kept it. But no, thank the Lord that they were good people 
they they just kept going from one neighbor to the next. Finally, a neighbor that do, raises dogs was yeah. like, yeah, I'll take him in because it probably is somebody local. Yep. He took him in. And in the meantime, somebody must have said something. Our, and our uh, community is awesome in certain ways. And then other ways, it's like, you know, a lot of talk gets around real fast. And yep. this guy calls me and he's like, hey, Mike, how's your evening going? I was like, uh, not that great. I lost a dog. And he's like, well, I think I can help you with that. And I'm like, okay. He's R- like, random guy. You know this guy? Well, I do know the guy after after he, he, you know, told me who he is, picked up my dog or like took it into the house Long story short, I got our French Bulldog back. The other one came back on its own. Never found him. He just came back. Yep. Really? He just came back. But, you know, she could have been. For him. Yeah, she could have been in water or who knows where. But, man, that was stressful. So <laughs> I can't imagine yeah. what yeah. some of these fe- yeah. people feel like when yeah. they lose their pet. And Austin is out there with Drone Pet Recovery, like, experiencing this firsthand. Because yeah. if you wanted to talk to me, yeah. uh, it, like people are like, we should have filmed it. I it wouldn't have been made a video. Let me You're tell not you. Filming no, it. Yeah. I'm I'm not. I'm yeah. like focused yeah. on getting yeah. these dogs. There, some of yeah, yep. So I just can't believe it happened to me. I literally, truly had to use my thermal drone to try to find my dogs. Unfortunately, there's no way to find Pixel because she was yeah. in somebody's yeah. car. Yeah, like that's why it's so hard to do drone pet recovery because if you have a dog that is a pet. Oftentimes they go to homes. Mm-hmm. If they go to a home and they go underneath a porch, there's no way your thermal drone's yeah. going to find that. But there are still scenarios well, where you can. Mike, I lost a dog because somebody picked him up in a car. When I was 14, the last dog I ever owned, I was 14, and my dog was being babysat for me while I was like in Kansas. Okay. I lived in Central America. The guy left the door open, bless his heart, you know, no ill intent, but not that good. My dog goes out on the street and uh, a car picks him up, drives off, never found him again, never owned a dog since. Wow. And when I got back from my trip in the, in the States, I was 14 years old. Two weeks later, I have this like vivid memory of like telling my dad, we have got to go looking for this dog. We drove around for 30 minutes, an hour. Two weeks later, after somebody picked him up in a car and there was no chance of finding him. But I just remember as a 14-year-old, I was not going to not go look for my my dog. So it makes me think, like, when we get these calls, like the cat in New York City who got out and is somewhere in the one block, probably in a tree, and the owner's like, it'll cost 900 bucks to get the, the closest pilot here. I don't care. Send them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know what that I know what that is. Like, for some people that are listening to this that they don't love pets, right? Like, they just... They just don't love pets. They don't like cats. They don't like dogs. They don't like anything. They just like human beings, but not like uh, furry friends. It's like, you don't understand. But if you like furry friends, it's crazy what you do for them. It's it's almost weird. If you ask me, like I would have probably done about (laughs) anything to find them. You would have paid 500 bucks. But then then I, I told Karen, I was like, after I knew Pixel was picked up, I was like, I feel better about that than I would if I know she's still out there because French bulldogs can't regulate their body temperature. So Uh if they get too cold, they're freezing and they're dying. If they get too hot, so you literally had to find them that night. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, they had a four-hour, six-hour. What do you think? Uh, it wasn't super cold that night, but they would have died. Wow. Yeah. So French bulldog is on. 
French Bulldog, like just get some other dog because they are high maintenance. They, <laughs> they, yeah. If it's too hot, yeah. If they're out too long, it's yeah. too hot. They will overheat, and they will die. So, and just for the record, when we're working in here, sometimes it's like suddenly Mike gets up from his desk and like walks over and opens the door. I don't even hear it, but I guess you hear the dog snorting outside or kind of like, and that those dogs. They come in and they go out as they please, yeah. like they own the place. <laughs> we have like we have, I, I don't think of that, but now that you say that, I apologize. I don't know. When you guys find a deer, you're high fiving and hugging. When I find an animal, it, it's they're sobbing, and I'm like yeah, giving them a yeah, hug. Yeah. If you guys don't know Austin, check out Drone Pet Recovery. Uh, Austin has a true passion of finding people's lost pets. I'm yep. telling you what, like. Like, like I have a passion in, in this drone deer recovery, and and I'll do what I can to try to find it, somebody's buck. Austin is like that with uh, pets. I remember first time Austin came up to me, I was out spraying. Yep, I was spraying next to um, this county road, and this car pulls up, and there's this guy in this uh, outfit, like sh- sh- white shorts and white t-shirt. He was a painter. He that's what he did. He he was painting, <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, Micah, I'm awesome, and I'm and I'm flying drones." And I'm like, "Guy, like one second here. I'm like flying drones." He's, he gets all fired up, and he's like, "Well, I want to do uh, drone pet recovery, and and I really be passionate." I'm like, "Okay, guy, like." I, I didn't quite take him seriously. Yeah. Well, and you were busy in the middle of something, right? Yeah. You, had, you were spraying. Yeah. And so, it, no, like what I'm saying is the guy had passion from the get-go before yeah. he ever even started it. So yep. if you guys want to check out those uh, videos, make sure to go over there, check him out, share the videos, like give him some love because uh, the guy puts in work. 100%. Yep. Wow. Sales pitch. Hey. Give me, uh, appreciate give me it. A... Appreciate it. <laughs> I was gonna say I'll I'll, I'll take some uh, that ad revenue, <laughs> the whole five dollars that you make. Like people think we're just getting rich off of YouTube. No, that's not true. I mean, YouTube is awesome for us because yeah. YouTube is a massive search engine. Like they keep pushing this content out to people, and really, where we are making our money is not so much on ad revenue right now. We will become rich on YouTube. Wink eye. Um, Not at some point, but it's, it's just eyeballs, right? Like seeing the two, seeing the technology, the new technology, and then investing in and buying into it. But just saying that, well, we're getting rich on YouTube with ad revenue. Not the case as of now. Yeah. I, but I feel like we are like, you know, what the channel is 16 months old, 17 months old, something like Probably, that. Probably. Yeah. It's like, like the fact that we already are able to generate monetize monetize generate yep. some income to at least subsidize the cost of editing and all yep, that stuff yep. i mean that's amazing for oh, as I, I, channel as we definitely are. i i feel blessed i i appreciate all you guys that do watch i yeah, seriously 100%. seriously mean that like when guys come up at the show and they're like uh you know tell me hey i watch you on yeah. youtube thanks so much for what you're doing and and i talk to him and i'm like listen like you see me now like i when i tell you thank you like i am being serious like you could do anything else that you wanted, but you're watching us. Like that really, really means yeah. a lot. So if you're watching this or if you're listening to that or, or listening to this, I really do appreciate it. It means a lot. And if you want to share it, share it because that helps get the word out there. Yeah. So another interesting conversation I had with a guy who works in. Wait, we just kind of cold turkey stopped that drone pet recovery thing. Should, yeah. should we just stop it? Let's tell them if you do want to hear more drone pet recovery stuff, let us know in the comments and then and then we'll keep talking because I could go all day long because I've had pets since I've been four. 
Anyhow, sorry to a, interrupt you. You had a you. pony back when you were a kid. You had a pony. Was that your pony? Always had ponies. I mean, Always how else were you supposed to get around, Kevin? Good point. Yeah, good point. I grew yeah. up Amish. <laughs> okay. Now they have e-bikes. Okay, go. <laughs> wow, I apologize. I, I interrupted you so many no, times. It's just, it's, this is a, it's, it's just, I don't think there's any other podcast in the world like this one where we go from Amish ponies to talking high tech thermal drones. drones. It's just, it's, there's nothing like it. So, well, that's, that's okay. That's good. I talked to an FAA enforcement officer at the show. He works for the FAA and he's one of the people that hire contractors or contracting companies to enforce um, FAA guidelines and rules. And he was telling me, you know, he said the part 108 is coming in. 108. Part 108. Yep. He said there's a three-year kind of whenever you have new regulation like that that comes uh -huh. up, there's 36 months where, like, there's open discussion about it, and it cannot be approved before 36 months. So that already started, and the Part 108 is what's going to unlock bigger drones than, like, what the T-40, you know, is capped right now. He said so in the next two to three years, there will be bigger regulations because those are already proposed. They just have to get sign-off from all the different parties involved and stuff. So the 108 is already been the way I understood it. I forget what he said, what the period that it's in, but the way I understood it, it's already been presented and now it's just being refined and reviewed. Yeah. And I, I'd be it. curious to know exactly what you're talking about. Part 107, allow, if you're a part 107 pilot, it allows you to fly drones up to 55, 55 pounds, yep. but not over 55 yep. pounds. If you guys watch us um, fly these big, Agricultural drones, you have to fly under a 44807 exemption where you uh, get an exemption from the FAA to fly those heavier drones. So uh, if I understand this correctly, the Part 108 would maybe allow you to fly drones over 55 pounds yeah. without yep. the exemption? I, I'm not sure about the exemption. It's just okay. going to unlock bigger drones than what the Part 137 exemption or the 44... 44807 exemption. So it's going to allow bigger drones than what that's mm. capped at now. Huh. And That's it's, interesting. It's currently, it's going to, he said also the visual line of sight. Yeah. All of that is being redefined and opened up. And I, I don't know what the, you know, I don't know what it'll end up being, but all of that stuff is being looked at because the 107 is what holds back the, the visual line of sight is the way I understood it from what he said. Oh, a lot of it. Yeah. So the 108 is basically the FAA kind of um, revolutionizing uh, or just, what? just keeping to expand the regulation to keep up with technology. Huh. Well, that is exciting. So, and he also said, he also said around, cause you we were talking about the Super Bowl, which is going to happen that Saturday and how they prevent drones and stuff like that. And he said, DJI has specific scramblers that they make for DJI drones that they make available to like law enforcement. Yeah. Well, or I think in this case, mostly to third party privately owned companies that the FAA hires to regulate but he said he said what they don't tell you is that the drones are actually faster at like because you scramble a channel uh -huh. and it moves to a different channel yeah. it's doing that all the time oh yeah, with frequencies yeah, and stuff. yeah he said yeah. he said what happens when you shoot the best dji blocker gun currently you shoot it at a drone is the drone is faster at changing channels than what your dji drone is or your blocker is at preventing those channels from you know yeah, yeah. so it jumps to a new one and then he says the pilot regains control for a little bit, moves forward, and then that gun kind of jumps to it and it stops. 
Wow. And it just does that. So well, when did you have this conversation? I would have loved to talk to this guy. Yeah. You had a whole line of people waiting to talk oh, to you. Oh, maybe. He also but, said like that DJI drones are the easiest ones to block because DJI actually produces the scrambler. Oh, yeah. He said if it's not a DJI drone, he said there's it's hit and miss if like you can actually shoot it out of the sky. Huh. With one of those like block yeah. guns. Yeah. That's interesting. That's cool. I wish I would have got to talk to him. So check into the part 108, the way it sounds. It, it could be something brand new, which will help us here in America move these drones forward. Yeah, we got to get to 180 million acres sprayed, right? Yeah. You think there's that many acres in America, like farmland? Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> I have no idea. You think there is? Yeah, yeah. There's insane amount of acres. Yeah, in. well, let's do it. I'm... Searching this right now. How many farm acres in U.S.? Oh, my gosh. Google tells me that there are 893,400,000 farm acres. Wow. What? So that's a big number. Oh, it decreased. Kind of makes sense. Total land in farms decreased 1.9 million acres to 893,400,000 in 2022. But there you go. Yeah, there there's a lot of room to spray acres. Anyhow, I th- I think that's that's enough. We we went all over the place in this podcast. Let us know what you guys uh, like listening. What do you want to hear us talk about? Because we're talking drone pet recovery. We're talking agricultural drones. We can talk, um, you know, drone deer recovery stuff. The way I feel, if we always just talk about drone deer recovery stuff, it's either legal, woohoo, legal stuff with states, and uh, stories that we've had on recoveries. I don't have a problem with that, but it, it feels like it's the same story over. It's like we launch our drone and we fly for 15 minutes and there is your buck because that's how it works with a thermal drone. It's- and on the legal side, it's like, well... There's nothing new really to report other than it's in progress. Yep. Same for like the Michigan lawsuit. Nothing really to report. Yep. It's in progress. These things take time and that's annoying. Yep. It's just the way it yep. is. That's all we got for this one. I don't know what else we'd add to it, but I appreciate you guys listening to us uh, on the Drone Deer Recovery Podcast. Uh, one thing before we go, we might be starting our uh, our own channel just for our podcast. So we're thinking about taking it off of the Drone Deer Recovery um, main channel and having the Drone Deer Recovery podcast channel. So uh, be watching for that. It uh, it works best for the algorithm. So that that's probably coming here. Can we just end by saying that probably by the week following this podcast being released or the week after, you'll see the T40 do something that you will have never seen anything like it on YouTube. Yeah, I've never seen it. And we didn't believe it, and it actually happened, and uh, there'll be a video coming your way. Yeah, th- actually, that I think our editor said that video should be ro- live by Thursday, so I was going to release it Friday. Same day that you're listening to this, go to our channel and look at that video. If we haven't delayed that video because we're trying to get it just right. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it, it, don't hold me to that. It might be bu- Monday. But yeah, it's... Is it crazier than... Lifting a, dr- uh, a deer up with a drone, do you think? I just don't understand how it how it could fly. It's, it, I, honestly, the best part about that was just Mike is is there. He's standing there and he's like, 
it's like he just he's just confused. It's like there's no other word other than he's just so confused. And <laughs> he's he's like, about as confused as you guys are right now trying to listen and, to And this. he looks over at me, he's like, I don't get it. <laughs> and uh and I'm and then I have guys coming down over there hollering and shouting and and, and Jay is like pumped and Dennis is laughing and Mike's like It doesn't make no sense. It doesn't make sense. You're and gonna we, wanna, we still you, don't quite we still don't understand it. But you're going to want to watch the video for sure. Anyhow, that's it. That's all we got. Uh, I appreciate it. And we'll uh, see you guys on the next one. Peace.